Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another incredible episode where we go beyond flow state and peak performance with the man, my friend, Jiro Taylor. Jiro and I met a while back at Daniel Raphael's birthday party. Daniel was on the podcast. I believe he's episode 50s, 56, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, But we had such an amazing time connecting, getting to know each other. He's the founder of the Flow State Collective and the host of the Flow State Performance Podcast. So obviously we have a lot in common and he's a really righteous dude. We we hit it off and we've been in touch ever since. And you know, in this podcast we we really get into it. It's uh it's a very impactful and uh powerful episode because we touch on a lot of points, a lot of, you know, kind of just basic human mm, soul you know core goodness but also we we get into like peak performance and and exploring self-mastery and all that kind of stuff so you know we kind of start off with why we're ashamed of our bodies um how to move through shame and doubt and self-love Jiro talks about working with tony robbins breath coach um what else do we talk we talk about the power of hugging breaking social norms subtle versus gross awareness exploring flow state and peak performance committing to the path of self-mastery and so much other stuff so this is just part one i know you're going to love this episode it's definitely packed with all kinds of just really great insights i really enjoyed this conversation and i and i think that you guys are going to get a lot out of it if you like the podcast and you want to support it Leaving a review in iTunes is fantastic. Sharing episodes on your Facebook is amazing. And if you want to get some free stuff, check out my affiliates and my sponsors at mattbelair.com forward slash store. Get three free tracks from Sync Tuition, which is Binaural Beats, Brainwave, and Trainment. You get 100 bucks off at Procabulary. If that interests you, that's a really great course that I went through. The Resonance Science Foundation has an entire Explorers Lounge now for free. You can sign up through that link and uh, start getting into the Explorers Lounge, which is amazing. Uh, really powerful, high-level group of people there. That's a whole nother ball game. And you don't even need to enjoy science or physics. It's really a new way of thinking and a very powerful community. So if you know, you're the only one in your community and you don't have a lot of people to relate to, I highly recommend checking out the Resonance Academy and getting in those breakout groups and, and the community there is really beautiful, great, intelligent, warm-hearted people. So I can't say enough good things about the Resonance Science Foundation. Um, and there's all, all kinds of other cool stuff over there too. If you want to um, learn how to lucid dream, I have a freebie on my website. So it's an ebook and a guided meditation that teaches you how to lucid dream quickly and easily. Those of you who follow the steps will have a lucid dream most likely a very high percentage within two weeks. And it's a great way to start exploring altered states of consciousness. So uh, just go over to mattbelair.com forward slash lucid dreaming. The Zen Athlete book is always out there for you guys who want to really look at what it takes to you know, master yourself, master your life. It's, it's not just about sport. It really is a guide to self mastery. It is very practical, very easy to read and very powerful. Once again, if you actually take the action steps and that's what I did there, I distilled the action items to really peak performance, to knowing yourself, to achieving what you want, to getting clear on what you want and everything that you need to do to, you know, achieve your highest potential essentially. Um, so that's it. I'm going to stop rambling. And, uh, you know, the more that we practice getting into a state of coherence, the more that we will just be living in that state. So I invite you now, wherever you are to just stop and just take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just let it out slowly. 
and then just taking another deep breath in through your nose and as you do just imagine powerful healing energy from the earth and the sun and and source just coming in through your nostrils and filling your entire being with love and support and vital energy supportive energy and as you continue to just relax yourself with your breathing focus your intention on your heart and just imagine one person in your life that you're really grateful for just somebody that's shown you love and support and hold them in your mind's eye and as you continue this breathing i want you to just feel all the gratitude and the love that you have for this person and as you feel this energy i want you to magnify that energy more and more really feeling love and gratitude and as this energy expands and it multiplies i want you to just imagine giving that person a giant hug and just filling them and and giving them all that energy they've sent to you just giving them this loving supportive energy and i'm sending you all of this loving supportive energy everything that i am to you just supporting you and wishing you all the best all my love and the support and appreciation and as you feel this energy and you're sending it to this loved one i want you to send that energy out to every single person you've ever met just imagine showering them with that love and support and gratitude just giving them all of your energy all of your good wishes and and the most powerful intentions and as you allow this energy to wash over just see yourself as an infinite powerful being and just remember that you are whole perfect balanced worthy and perfect just as you are as a human being now there's nothing that you need to be do or have your whole balanced harmonious just as you are in this moment and all you need to do to remember is just take 3 deep breaths master your intentions always come back to the breath and now as you allow these feelings of love and gratitude and peace to wash over you you'll keep these emotions and these feelings throughout the day so now we're ready to get into part 1 with the man my friend Jiro Taylor hello and welcome to another episode of the master mind body and spirit show i am your host matt belair today's guest is the founder of flow state host of flow tribe and the flow state performance podcast He has an extensive background of deep explorations in meditation, contemplative traditions, self-development, business strategy, nature connection, embodiment practices and breathwork. He works privately with high-performing entrepreneurs, CEOs and startup founders as a creative strategy coach, mentor and consultant and is known as one of the most efficient intuitive mentors in the flow and purpose-driven business space. Welcome to the show, my man, my friend, Jiro <laughs> Taylor. What's up, brother? Hey, man. Thanks for having me here. It's good to see you again. Yeah, it's been a while, huh? Last time I saw you was uh, the day after uh, one of the most awesome nights of my life. Yeah, pretty interesting. I think we were at the uh, the Korean spa. <laughs> is, that, is that what it was? The, the Korean <laughs> spa, no way. I love this I love telling this story because it's such a story of contrast. We had we had just spent like a previous <laughs> like 12 hours in a LA warehouse party um with a whole bunch of like high consciousness entrepreneurs and then we the night had ended we'd watched a cello concerto and had a tea ceremony and then we decided that we needed to go somewhere else so we all piled in Ubers and went to the Korean spa. and all of us were kind of probably still in highly altered states or subtly altered states and then all of a sudden we're struck by this new reality of naked asian businessmen and <laughs> and i remember just being so confronted by 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 this this kind of reality and and it was ironic because in a sense these guys were all like super free in their nakedness and they were just like ball sacks and butt cracks just everywhere and i and i and i was and i was freaking out bro i was having like this kind of like this moment of like extreme self consciousness 
And I was like, where, where the hell am I? And then, uh, because I was like the first person there, like it, it took a while for the other homies to arrive. And I was like, is this a setup? Am I like the, the only guy from this party who's like hanging out with these Asian dudes? <laughs> but eventually it was, it was interesting because it, it helped me become aware of some, some patterns I, ha I had around like the body and nakedness and conditioned shame and stuff like that. Um, and eventually I just sorted my shit out and, and jumped into the pool <laughs> naked, like wedged between these two 55 year old businessmen. Um, and when I got back to Australia, I was like, wow, I really want to look at that kind of naked thing, that block, that, that kind of self-conscious theme that manifested. So I went and spent 24 hours like naked, um, living, like sleeping on a beach and just like making a fire and, and hanging out just to see, just to kind of like, kind of break down that that pattern um and that was a beautiful experience so yeah <laughs> that's a little story yeah and off to an interesting start man well i can i can say that i definitely feel that too um you know burning man and festivals is is something where people are naked and uh, i remember going to oregon eclipse and i found it really interesting that to get to the native uh the first nations part of the festival, which the First Nations were doing really amazing stuff. They were holding ceremonies, they were doing workshops, traditional dancing, uh, holding sacred fire uh, all over uh, the Oregon Eclipse. It was really magical, but you had to pass a bunch of naked people. And so, you know, for me, I'm fine when other people are naked. That doesn't bother me. Um, and so I wanted to go swimming and, uh, I knew that that was a spot and I was really, really uncomfortable with getting naked. And so I'm like, okay, I can do this. Right. And so I'm going down there and I'm getting all prepped to get naked and jump in as everybody else is doing. Um, and then I saw kids and I was like, oh man, I can't do it in front of kids. Like I can't, you know, that's even worse. Right. And so mm -hmm. I, um, I, I kind of like sheepishly got through it and did it and had my own like you know I, I did it really quick and whatever but i was talking to uh some women later on that evening about you know the naked thing and whatever and i uh, told them that i was uncomfortable in front of the kids and um they looked at me and they're just like why they're like being naked is so natural like kids are naked all of the time and I was like, they're like, you're not doing anything weird, are you? I was like, no. They're like, we shouldn't, you know, we're, we shouldn't condition them to be uh, ashamed of their bodies. So um, I think that's a really interesting first question to ask you, I guess, is, uh, you know, why do you think that we have body shame and stuff like that, uh, women out there and men out there? And, and how would you recommend uh, getting through that? Mm. Yeah, interesting start. <laughs> <laughs> like I've, 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 I've contemplated this question a lot. I mean, because just to go back to that Korean spa, like, I think I spent, there's like, as you enter the spa area, there's like a shower area where you kind of like wash yourself before you go into the public bath. And I, and, I, and I think I had like a 45 minute shower whilst my kind of like ego battled with this concept of being like fully naked and vulnerable. And, and, and yeah, I mean, like I, I was kind of like probably... You know, we, we had just partied all night um, and got into some seriously interesting altered states, and so there was some there was some stuff going on. But I but I was able to really explore that question that you just asked, um, and I realized, you know, there's there's so many programs of of shame that are that are running through our culture, shame and repression, and you know, we it's you just need to look at a a picture of like 17th century like pilgrims and Christians and stuff like that to, to realize, you know, to have a clue as to where some of these programs have come from. Um, you know, obviously like religion and um, notions of sex being uh, kind of dirty or the body, the, the whole body has had connotations of, of shame um, attached to it. Um, but by kind of like what I see as perversions of, 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 of pure traditions in their sense, like it's almost like, uh, man has uh, stepped into what essentially was all about a kind of philosophy of love and they've made all these rules around um, shame and covering up and repression and we see it so much in our culture um, to the point where now it's like like we, we, we all feel it we, we all feel that kind of like weirdness when we um, you know, when we approach that naked thing, but not, not in all countries. And, and I love, like, I, I spend some time at this nudist beach, which is around the corner from my house. 
and it's it's so liberating it's like a healing thing um to to spend extended time naked and you know i'm not even talking about at the kind of like mitochondrial level which we can talk about later on kind of like the the jack cruz kind of um wisdom around vitamin d and getting sunlight into our into our skins and 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 uh, nourishing our cells i'm talking more on like the kind of like the yeah a different level to that kind of like a deprogramming level almost like a renaturing or a rewilding you know like it's it's like that thing when you see dogs wearing jumpers and shoes and you're like what what's going on there why are they domesticating that dog and then you start to realize as you go further down this path of like get, get, like expanding extending your awareness expanding your awareness you realize like all the different ways that we have become domesticated by culture and man-made rules and laws and customs and traditions and the clothing thing is is just is just one example of those um so the second part of your question was about how to um confront or deprogram or de dismantle that 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 kind of conditioning and i i say like the first step is is i like to create loops so i like to like new awareness is one thing so in that korean spa in the shower when i was feeling weird ego stuff and kind of like uh, remnants of shame and and self-consciousness that was i was gaining new awareness of how deeply this pattern was entrenched in in, in my subconscious um and then you kind of new awareness is 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 nearly useless unless you apply some kind of action to it um so i like to plug action in and the action is normally like something that directly confronts um the the fear that that new awareness has kind of allowed to emerge um in which case for me the direct action seemed to be obvious go spend more time naked <laughs> so uh, literally spend more time naked like seek out those places where you can be naked without being arrested or you can be you know like just in the forest just running around naked even if there's nobody around you it's actually not about the self-consciousness necessarily in front of other people um that's another step first of all it's like confronting the kind of like um almost like the ego consciousness of yourself it's kind of like this little battle between your higher self and your ego self like and and just spending time in a forest or on a beach where there's no humans around or just going like I go go swimming naked in the ocean like it feels so magical to have to have like the water running across all these areas without any cloth there um so that's and then you know you could spend more time naked around the house i think just like getting used to just spending more time without clothes on is the best way to deal with that one to be honest yeah man i think that's pretty good advice i i like your answer and i like um, you sharing just a process, you know, of um, just going through and being like, whoa, I'm completely uncomfortable. And, you know, when you're saying ego, it's just the identity around who you are, right? And so, you know, it's like the perception of Jiro or Matt being like, Matt is uncomfortable being naked. Um, you know, I'm not allowed to be naked. You know, it's weird. And then just basically, you know, going right at this uncomfort in a way where you can explore those feelings and figuring out, you know, where they come from and what's going on so they don't kind of um, um, shape your reality in a negative way. It doesn't limit you. You know, when we go into our shadow and, and explore these things that are uncomfortable, it allows us just to understand what it is, where they come from, so we can be more free, so we can understand them. And when we do that, then we're not going to kind of modify our reality or, or our choices due to some sort of fear we haven't addressed. So I think it's really simple, but really, really practical. Um, and so we kind of skip. I'd also add, can I just add one final point on that? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> of course, man. Go ahead. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, I please. I feel like. I feel like what we're talking about here on a subtle level is is you know self love self worth self belief self respect um even just at a very subtle level the the idea of discomfort around nakedness is it's it's sending yourself a, a very subtle message um you know shame is like according to like richard david hawkins like uh that map of consciousness that he's created where Kind of like enlightenment is the highest vibration that that we can emit shame is the lowest vibration of them all so anytime we act we we take action to confront even a very very subtle shame 
and we can transmute it into into something higher on that on that scale, then we're doing a great service in terms of um, this quest to to live in perpetual self love. That's beautiful, man. Yeah, I think that's profound and and what really the root of a lot of things are self self worth self love. It comes up on the podcast a lot. Um, and shame being a super low vibration and a lot of people who are victims you know we have that whole me too thing going out and um even if you in in amplify that into bullying you know there's online bullying there's bullying from childhood there's bullying from you know parents or uh you know loved ones growing up or it goes into physical or emotional abuse you then almost automatically feel shame from that mm. and super low uh, vibration and not ideal and the opposite being fully self-love, um, you know, and embodying self-love and self-worth so you can create your reality. And if you can't start with that baseline or that fundamental, I just had Robert Christensen on and he is a motive for life and really great podcast. And he just spoke about the necessity of creating the baseline of self-love. If you don't have that, you're going to sabotage yourself somewhere. And I, I think that that's very, very true. And so we have to get rid of these, you know, and that's what the shadow work is or the, the ego or the trauma or whatever. It's kind of going into it, figuring out, you know, just having a look at it, you know, healing it, making friends with it, or at least, you know, not tucking it into a corner and saying, it's not affecting me. It's not affecting me, but really, actually, it's affecting everything you do because, it can't not until you address it and you move through it. Um, do you have any kind of advice out there for people who might be going through the Me Too movement, um, experiencing that shame and how they can embody a little bit more self-love and, and move through some of those challenges that they may be facing? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's an interesting cultural thing that's going on at the moment, isn't it? Um, on one level, I think it's just, wonderful like any kind of any kind of expression like any kind of vulnerability any kind of sharing of something that was once repressed is is a beautiful healthy act of of self-love um in terms of like helping those who, who who have felt those i mean if just by being someone who's willing to go out there onto a very public platform and to share something that has previously been repressed and perhaps share something for the first time, you know, that that human being is, is already engaging in a, in, in a very courageous act, which is going to result in greater levels of, of self-love. And beyond that, I would just encourage the, con the continual and um, consistent, almost default state of expression, like vulnerable expression, because that itself is, is, is so healing. You know, like I think, I think the last, you know, 15 years of my journey, if I was to, to pick out you know, the, the, the one thing that has, that, that has helped me grow, it would probably be that shift from total repression where I was wearing a suit of armor, you know, so thick and, you know, I was hiding inside this, this like shell um, behind a mask to actually now becoming like where I feel like everything's out there and I've got nothing to hide and, and I'm happy going anywhere and talking about anything. And, and like that journey has been the journey towards self-love. So what I would say is just keep on, keep on doing it. It doesn't have to be on Facebook, but like friends, whether if you're a man, then join a men's group. Like if you're a, if you're a woman, then, you know, share in sisterhood if that's what makes you feel comfortable, but or just friends and family, like tell your, tell your mom and dad how, what you really feel like stuff like that. You know, these, these are still the limits that I, that I find myself pushing. And I know in terms of like things like full expression with family members or full expression with, with people that you find difficult in your life. Like I find like, you know, I'm, I'm still working on this stuff, man. Like, I don't think I've even scratched the surface in terms of like the fullness of expression, because you know what? I keep on finding new layers of conditioning. Like I'll give you a subtle example of one, um, like yawning. So I was working with this, with this breath master. He's a guy called Dan Brule. He's Tony Robbins breath coach. And he's just the Yoda when it comes to breathing. And when he yawns, he'll yawn for like a minute long, bro. He'll be like, 
and it's almost like this orgasmic type of yawn that's going on, right? And he says, when nature yawns me, I yawn nature back. And and he's talk and basically what he's talking about is is just full expression, like like diving into this natural response that nature is evoking in us and like consciously building on it. And the reason why that is profound is because we live in a culture where people will be like, oh, oh excuse me, excuse me. Like, and, and if I yawn now, culturally speaking, you're supposed to believe that, that I'm getting bored of what you're saying or, or I'm tired or you're not interesting, um, but it's total bullshit. It's like, if anything, like nature is helping to optimize me to soak in more of your presence. And it's optimizing me to give more of my presence. And what could be more polite and what could be more of a gift than that? But in our culture, we create this bullshit story that it's like, you know, and so we try and repress it, just like we try and repress sighs and we try and repress sneezes and we repress farts and we repress all of these like natural things. <laughs> so yeah, this, 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 this raw vulnerable expression thing goes deep. Mm. Yeah, man, that's a fantastic point. And um, well, I'm sure you've heard this because I know you've done medicine work and things like that. Um, what I've heard and, and think that is that when you're making shifts and you're going through really powerful experiences, you yawn because your body and your brain is trying to take on this new information. So just like you said, we're culturally conditioned to think it's a bad thing, but it's actually a good thing. Whenever I'm getting my mind blown, like in Egypt, you know, I'm not tired, I'm yawning and, and or if I'm going through really deep uh, healing or like yoga breath work or some sort of transformational thing, yawning is very common. And they'll say, if a yawn comes, just let it come. Like that's, you're transforming, yeah. your body is doing what it has to do to let go of some energy here and amplify some energy here. So totally. um, it, totally. it's like you said, it's subtle, but really important to see. We have all these kind of subtle tricks in our society and lives that we're not even addressing. You know, how many other things are we suppressed in doing to be polite or to um, conform to the status quo or whatever the case is, you know, we're not allowed, we are allowed, but we're not allowed to be fully human. You know, one of the scenarios for me I can ex share is that, um, you know, I have like the website that I have um, and I have, you know, a business person or whatever, look at it um, just for updating everything. And, and right now I have this crazy galactic photo on there from Burning Man as a Burning Man photo. And it's like my business website and on LinkedIn. And um, they're like, well, this isn't really great as a first impression. And I was like, oh, I never really thought about that. I guess that makes sense. I've never considered what I do business, but I probably should maybe. But what I thought was, why aren't people having fun? You know, why isn't everybody like dressed up in something crazy and, you know, just expressing the crap out of themselves. And that's what Burning Man really taught me. It was a transformation for me to really kind of get these cool things and, ex and express, you know, we have one day a year, we get Halloween and we're allowed to be weird and funky then. And, uh, or at Burning Man at festivals, then we can be funky then. But you know, in the business world, it's got to be serious. And in daily life, when you're in traffic, it's got to be serious. And, you know, there's there's all this time for seriousness. And I don't know an adult out there who is not a kid at heart. He might make the mask <laughs> and because society is forcing him into paying bills and, and all these things that happen as you're an adult, which suck. Um, and they can be beautiful at the same time, but we're really kids and we want to explore ourselves and we want to explore the planet and, you know, we can do this in a fun and a playful way, but we've, we've made it very serious. And I love it when Alan Watts, uh, in one of his talks says, you know, you know, they don't say you work the piano, they play the piano. And if we can go through life with a little bit more of a playful attitude, I think that would be really incredible to culturally adopt as well as um, rather than handshakes, hugs, like mandatory hugs and really getting to know people. I think that would be a really interesting cultural shift. And so I wanted to add that one in there to see if you had any thoughts on what, what you would offer for cultural shifts if you could add it. So mine would be just every time you're at a business meeting, like just the norm is now hugging. We hug and brace and we just we're, we're okay with that because that's another learning curve for Burning Man where you see people that yeah. at their first Burning Man, they, they have like the hug and release, you know, the bro hug, and they go through all these different steps until 
it depends on how fast they learn, but it could be day one to the last day where they just embrace someone and they're comfortable with it. And even, mm. you know, if Burning Man just taught you that, that's that's some powerful shift right there that you might not get anywhere else. Totally, man. And there's different, like, we could go into this for a whole podcast episode, like the different levels of hugs, you know, like there's, there's, the, there's the hug where I'm like, oh, I kind of have to hug this guy because everyone's hugging. And then there's like the heart to heart connection where you share breaths with each other and you're just like blending into unity consciousness with each other right there's there's the, like totally different levels of hugs and the best hugger i've ever encountered is the guy who's the executive director of the national center for gross national happiness in bhutan so he's like this kind of like monk politician who comes from bhutan he's dressed in his robes and, and i watched he came and did a talk and before he spoke he said before before i speak i want to hug some people and people were just like, hug me, hug me. And then he picked, he intuitively picked some people out of the crowd, which is beautiful because he picked the youngest and he picked the, the, the girl who was having the most traumatic time um, at, on that weekend retreat that we were on. Um, I could sense it. And he picked these humans out and he chose to hug them. And he said, okay, when we hug, we look each other in the eyes, we go heart to heart. So the old head to the right, type of thing um, and we sh we sync up and we share three full breaths so you so you actually you can watch these humans they're like and then he said after the third breath we squeeze and like release I was like that is dope that is how you hug and like, and afterwards he was, he was about to leave, you know, he's got his boot, he's got his Buddhist robes on and everything. And I was like, Samdu, Sam, Dr. Samdu Shetri, that's his name. I was like, I got to get a hug. And he was, before you leave, I got to get a hug. And he was like, of course you can have a hug. Like the biggest smile ever, just like Dalai Lama vibes. And, and I shared a hug with him and it was, it was just beautiful. You could like feel, you could feel the vibrations, you know? So I, mm. I feel like, I feel like every hug is an opportunity to send the vibration that we choose to send, to send, to send love. So I, I love that point. I've got a couple of, I've got a couple of ways to, to, to engage in this guerrilla dismantling of cultural repression. Um, and the first one is um, the way that we introduce ourselves, especially at things like networking events or when we go to like, bars and parties and you know we might be we might not know a whole bunch of people there um i'd, I'd like to challenge humanity to to really um readdress the way that we introduce ourselves and be less like adults or conditioned adults and more like children um i can't imagine a bunch of kids rocking up to the first day of play school and being like um so what do you do and then the kids like going into some kind of like pre-rehearsed kind of like spiel about their their business and the work that they do and you know what college they went to and all that kind of crap that that we as adults sometimes just like subconsciously spew out of us i certainly have um and i challenge humans to just be like ask different questions like what do you love playing like what makes you come alive like what's your favorite thing in the whole world like just stuff that is kind of like more speaks to like delight you know, that quality of delight, like what delights you in life? What, what is joyful to you in life? Because, because essentially what we're trying to do in these kind of networking or social situations is we're, we're quite naturally trying to find common ground, which is, which is beautiful, which is fine. But so we, so we, so we, we, we slip into these cultural patterns of trying to find cultural uh, common ground. It's like, oh, you went to Nebraska University. Oh, interesting. My uncle went there. And it's like, there's a there's a better way to do that there's a better way to find common ground it's like what do you love what do you like like how do you play how do you explore what are the limits um, of your expression like all these sort of more awesome authentic ways so I, I that's one thing and then attached to that like there's this there's this thing on the internet called linkedin and on linkedin what you will find is a billion a billion like uh, written portrayals of ego 
just like, and you'll go on there and there's a photo and there's a title and then there's like spiels, like resume style spiels. And all it is, it's just this vast database of egos. And it's just incredible. Like it was such a cathartic process when I left the corporate world. Um, I left the corporate world and I had a few years of exploration. And then I remember going back to my LinkedIn profile and being like, that's gross. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm writing all this stuff that makes me sound like an amazing cog in a, in a really impressive machine. And it's all just complete crap. Like how, how like the, the, the words that I use, like I, I'm like, I'm, I'm head of equity derivative trading, headhunting and voted the best blah, blah, blah in this. And I know and I'm the most knowledgeable person of that. And I'm an expert of this. And it's just like ego, 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 ego. So I kind of used it as this kind of cathartic process to go back onto LinkedIn and just like write it really <laughs> like what, what was this experience in this job really like, like, what is it that I really do? And, and just like see how truthful I can actually be on this platform. And I've had like, I've had like a hundred emails from complete strangers um, sent through LinkedIn saying, oh, I really appreciated your LinkedIn profile because it was just, it just stood out. It was just so authentic and real. Um, so I reckon if everybody started doing that, we'd, we'd uh, seeing as what a big platform it is, we'd have a little, little shift on, uh, on the whole global consciousness thing. I love it, dude. What it uh, what it reminds me of is for Burning Man, you know, it's this big. It's it's possible to network there. You meet uh, incredible people, but the goal isn't to network or do business. Although that is a byproduct of meeting epic people, um, and I'm meeting so many people throughout the day, you know, and you have this amazing connection. You just want to like find them on Facebook or whatever. So one year I had some cards, right? And I was like, the card doesn't feel right, you know, and I almost never have cards, um, you know, and it just said like podcast and Zen athlete or whatever. Um, and then this year it was like, yes, it was an upgrade that I was ready for and I was super stoked. And uh, what I did was I had one side was a namaste symbol. And for those of you who don't know, namaste basically means the spirit in me honors the spirit in you. And so I held that up when I would meet people um, that I liked or connected with, and then I would flip it as they looked at it, and then it would read friendship card. And then I had a flower of life, and then just, you know, my contact details, just a really quick way to say, hey, you know, here's my contact if you want to stay in touch. And it kind of removed the business. And after I ran out, I had some old ones, and it was so hard for me to give those out. I had to basically go through the spiel the whole time because it's like, you know, Matt Belair is a podcaster or an author or whatever crap, like we're human beings. Um, and really what we're doing is making friends. And what I say is like, you know, my skills, if it's in marketing or personal development or coaching or workshops or whatever the case is, that is a benefit to friendship. And then we can bring in some business and commerce to it, but really um, it's friendship first. And if we can kind of get, you know, some of the layers are important, sure, because, you know, if you want a marketing guy to be a marketing guy, if you want to find him and you want a coach to be a coach, you know, find sure. him that way. But there's a, really, there's a practical level to it. Yeah. Yeah. Loosen it up, loosen it up immensely, for sure. I know. Just, like know. even that even that profile, that, that kind of introduction that you gave for me, I was just like, just, you know, I, was, I own it. Everything that you said is, is true. I wrote it. Um, but like on another <laughs> level, I'm kind of thinking like huh, what am I underneath all of that, all of those labels, you know, like, um, like, you know, there's, there's lots of more labels until you get to like the truth of what am I, which is a deeply spiritual question. But, um, you know, like I'm a student of life. I'm a, I'm a son. I'm a brother. I'm a husband. I'm a friend. You know, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm all of these, I'm all of these things also as well as, you know, the, the coach, podcaster, author type, type, type stuff as well. Um, it's so interesting how commonly we revert to the professional thing, you know, when, you know, the being a son and a brother and a husband and a, and a, or a lover, or, you know, these, these, these things are, they're so, they're so core to, to, to our, to our self identity. Well, for me anyway, and then, 
and then you start getting below that and you're like like i guess i guess if you if you took this to the nth degree you'd have a bunch of human beings be like hey who are you and it would just be like i am you that sees me <laughs> we are we are it <laughs> and, it would, and it, would, it would start to become a little bit impractical It'd be like no no no, no. I, I know that you are unity consciousness and that you are pure love um and like but 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 who who are you on top of that <laughs> yeah yeah fun. yeah that's like this is where jp sears enter, enters the picture and just makes like the most <laughs> hilarious um skit well i think i think with it is you use the right word where it's the attachment to the thing you know it's like you know i can be uh a marketer or crowdfunder or lawyer um but am i attached to that label you know and it's just like yeah you know i i do a lawyer by trade to make a living but i am a father and these are the things that are most important to me and when we were having uh to go back to what we were talking about before i think it's talking about shit that matters and uh, for mm. me, it's so challenging to talk about crap that does not matter. And so that's why my environment is really important to me and the people I surround myself with are really important to me. Um, and at least having friends that, you know, want to talk about something that matters, you know, yes, we can talk about sports and some bull crap if you want, but at least mm. let me know how you're doing first, what is going on in your world. And, and it's a little bit more serious at times with certain people, but um, you know, that's just, it, you know, why are we talking about so much crap that doesn't matter? We're, we're keeping such a surface level to our connection to each other. And this allows them, you know, and again, I think it goes back to cultural and social conditioning where, hmm. you know, we're not, we're not vulnerable, right? Because that person can hurt us or they're going to take our things and we got to protect our house and we got to protect our identity because they're going to talk crap about us. But when you learn to be authentic, um, and you know, I'm, I'm pretty radically authentic, um, and radically open. And, you know, sometimes that can cause a little like, rarely. Um, but you know, it's like, man, this is just how I felt. I didn't, you know, really mean anything by it but uh you express in that way and at least for me it's like it gets it out you know it's like i would rather throw it out there see how they feel about it whatever the case is and then get it back you know so whether it's your neighbor or your friend or your parent and and the family circle is probably the most challenging i think um you know it's like really like you talked about just being honest but not in a in a judgmental way right just kind of saying you know, this is how I feel about it, you know, and, and, and rather than keeping it very, very surface all the time with, with everybody we meet, because that, that allows for, you know, dishonesty, distrust, miscommunication. And if we just do our best to share and then receive what we're heard, you know, what we hear from someone else and not judgment, we can really start to make real lasting friendships and connections and, and, uh, mm. you know, at least go through life in a little bit more meaningful way for ourselves. Totally, man. Like I'll pick up on that thread around, you started off talking about the, the, the people that you're around, you know, try it. Um, I feel like this is, this is, this is so important. I'll, I'll bring in this concept that I've been mulling over and it's, and it's around these two ends of a polarity. And at one end is, is subtle, subtle awareness, like very subtle awareness, um, or just subtlety in general. And at the other end of the spectrum, is grossness and i mean gross not not as in like uh gross i mean gross as in the opposite of subtle uh like unsubtle and i feel like like everything in in the universe in life can, it almost has a a manifestation on either ends somewhere on this spectrum um like if you look at game of thrones you'll find that on a physical on a, on a sort of visual level it's very unsubtle it's sort of closer to the gross level if you were to watch you know something like a um, a documentary or a period drama or, 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 or something like that, or like a, you know, a three hour long move art house movie that there would be a lot more on the subtle range. It doesn't like, um, it doesn't evoke, it doesn't, it, it doesn't like smack you in the face or hit you with a ton of bricks. Um, and on the food, like just take food, for example, we have like subtle flavors, you know, like little, little bit of cilantro and that, or we have like the spiciest jalapeno hot sauce in the world. Right. And I feel like um, this kind of spectrum is is the same spectrum that we have when when it comes to 
communication and sharing and expression and vulnerability. And it's like we live in a whole culture that is really not just maybe afraid, but actually just completely oblivious to the, to, to, to the subtleties because you cannot even know increasing subtlety until you've got here. You can't know the next level of subtlety. It's like in, in Chinese culture, you've got these Qigong masters who can tap into how their spleen and their gallbladder is feeling in that particular moment because they've got such a refined level of subtle awareness, right? Um, but in mainstream Western culture, the, the, the default level of awareness is so unsubtle that concepts of like sharing from the heart, it's not only just foreign, but it's actually just, it's not even a thing. It's like, because they're so conditioned to exist on this, on this unsubtle, gross level. So this is like the whole practice of self-awareness, whether it's in a meditation practice, whether it's, you know, micro, slow movements and, and observing like, like just tiny, tiny, tiny subtleties, whether it's a Qigong practice, yoga practice, being in nature, anything like that. But the, the connection between gaining your subtleness, gaining awareness of subtleness and communicating in a fully expressive way is, is really that you only begin to become aware of the things that you are repressing, like whether it's the yawn, the burp, or whether it's just like this tiny like program that was put in when you were eight years old, when Johnny ate your sandwiches and you felt hurt about it, but you didn't tell anyone about it. It's subtle, man. Like these things are subtle. And if you live your life on the gross plane, then you're never, ever, ever going to get close to that kind of thing. Interesting, bro. That's a very, very interesting analogy. And I, I love it. And I think that it kind of weaves into what I wanted to move into because we we didn't get a chance to talk about your um you know your what you've done in the world we we went right into nudity um but you know you 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 and I are very similar where we we are explorers in self we are explorers in peak performance and what it means to achieve our highest potential and for me it's to know myself and i feel like in having private conversations with you and meeting you and really connecting it's it's really a journey that we're committed to of self exploration of what what is possible mm. for us how much is um it, uh are we going to go uncover you know and and willing to dive as deep as possible as as we can and what society likes to kind of take out of that is peak performance which it is peak performance a lot of it is if you are not you know, let's say you're doing a sprint and you have all this baggage and this weight, you're not going to sprint as fast. And what, what, what that reflection does when you keep diving in and diving in and uncovering, you're seeing all these weights that you're taking around that you can literally just drop once you're aware of them. But if you are not going in and doing that kind of work and looking at what weights you're dragging around, you can't, perform at that peak level because as you get into that present state maybe that sneaky thing that you haven't looked at wants to pop up there and so you have to maintain this kind of conscious guard between being fully immersed in the moment without letting that thing creep that you know is there but you don't want to look at where when you do the practices you're like oh yeah i've seen that before and, and now it doesn't hold the weight it's actually completely unnecessary and you're fully in the moment for you you're a uh, epic surfer, man. Looking at your your um, photos are spectacular. I chose snowboarding and skateboarding and martial arts, but same, same, but different. So, um, yeah. I guess I just wanted to. Do you just want to add on that, and then I'll ask you an actual question? Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> okay, like first, well, I, what what I wanted to share, what was coming up for me was was just like I wanted to honor you. You know, like the the first moment um, we had a conversation. Um, in that warehouse party in, in, in LA, um, I knew instantly that, that I was speaking to a, a kindred spirit or a fellow explorer of self-awareness, um, an explorer of, of human potential and possibility. And it's interesting you mentioned the word um, high performance and peak performance, because I, I feel like we have a responsibility to actually be part of redefining these concepts. Um, I feel fully congruent and at peace using the terminology of high performance and peak performance. But when I use these terms, just like when you use these terms, we're talking about far more than running fast and far more than like, you know, being able to sit at a computer for 12 hours in a row. Like 
we're talking about a very holistic, multi-dimensional type of peak performance. Um, the sort of peak performance that a Shaolin monk embodies. And I know that you've you know, done some training in that area. The sort of peak performance that a samurai warrior who goes into battle and then comes home, wipes the blood off his blade, sits down, has a tea ceremony, writes a poem, does some calligraphy, makes tantric love to his partner, um, and then goes about his martial arts practice. Like these are, this is a, a very different sense of peak performance than what is the mainstream narrative. And we could also talk about peak performance in terms of like full expression of one's essence, one's being. So, you know, I, I really like um, honor you, man, and, and respect you for like walking the talk. And I, I can see how I can, like I, I can really connect the dots because I'm on a similar journey, but I can see how all the things that you dive into, whether it's going to Egypt, um, with the Resonance Foundation and diving into like um, the tr like finding the truth in, in that regard, or whether it's like um, nailing 540s on a snowboard, uh, or whether it's like um, getting into peak physical condition or learning how to be vulnerable with your friends and family. All of these things are connected by the quest for ever-expanding self-awareness. And that is what it's all about. You cannot know the next levels of your performance until you until you go to the next level of your awareness of what is blocking that performance. So, yeah, man, that's all I wanted to say. Like, kudos to you. Oh, thank, brother, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, I definitely feel the same way about you. And, and um, you know, a master recognizes another master because there's no faking it. You know, you can't fake it. You can fit, you might trick some people very briefly. Um, but it's the same process. And if you're on the track, if you're actually doing it, you know, you're very supportive of anyone else you can see doing it because you know how mm. freaking hard it is, you know, mm. to say it and to do it are so completely different. And I'm challenged in the space for how many people say it, but don't live mm. it. You mm. know what I mean? Where little things will throw them off and then they forget, you know, they've read all the books and they've done a yoga course and they've done like, you know, they're certified and Tao Te Ching or some crap. And then little bit happens and then they throw it all out the window and just all this shadow and stuff comes up and they, and then they'll fling it at you and, or they'll, you know, they'll just act in a certain way where really the embodiment is, you know, taking on your own crap and how you feel about it and then just processing it, you know, moving deeper, going through and, and, um, and, and just exploring yourself, you know, very, very deeply. So I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And I really love, cause that's what it comes down to, right? It's really knowing yourself really. That's all. I just want to know who I am, actually what I am, what is happening? What am I capable? What is going on here? How can I make a difference that will affect and serve other people to the highest degree? Um, and and committing to that and then also remembering sometimes to have fun um i like to have lots of fun but sometimes i forget you know that that we are here too to have fun um but i love your what you said about peak performance because you know in what i'm kind of you know looking at what i'm putting out there i'm, I'm creating another course in personal development and stuff like that and how i word it to kind of catch people into what they can um handle because what i've realized is that you know, if you're going to go into yogic breath and multiple dimensions and aliens and like, if you're really going to get down there that you're going to lose a lot of people who are really just trying to figure out mindfulness, right? They haven't even figured out mindfulness yet, you know, and I kind of forget that. So I'm like leapfrogging like yeah. 54 things, right? Because I'm, I want, I am as deep as I can go. <laughs> you know what I mean? As soon as I find another one, I'm, I'm right there. I'm going to get them on the podcast. I'm going to communicate. I'm going to read their stuff. Um, but redefining peak performance, Re what is mm. that? What is performance? What is flow state? And that what mm. you addressed performing better is, is just the byproduct. It is like the shiny candy to trick you into becoming a more full, complete, happy and a harmonious person. You know, mm. when I do Zen athlete and I'm, 
and I'm coaching, you know, if it's like LeBron James or an NFL athlete, you and I both know we'll make them a way better athlete. We can do the whole peak performance and put it on the chart that everybody likes, you know what I mean? Like the, Mm -hmm. like the traditional way we can do that. Um, but we mm-hmm. know what we're doing is we're helping them uncover who they are. And as a byproduct, mm-hmm. they're going to have better performance. So, um, totally, you know. bro. That really resonates. Like, I, I love that. Like, this, this emergence, this idea of, of, a, of a, a naturally emergent byproduct, um, this is kind of the philosophy behind the work that I do with Flow State. Um, this is probably a good idea to, to introduce some of that and, 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 uh, share that philosophy, but it's, it's basically, I'm, I'm less interested in the, in the state of flow that some people know as transient hyperfrontality. I'm, I'm less interested in that kind of like fleeting microsecond kind of like immersion in whether you're jamming on a guitar or bombing down a, down a wave or, or a mountain like that is incredible. That is a glimpse. Um, but what I'm actually most interested in is an entire life that flows, the design of a life, the, the, um, a level of consciousness in which harmony and growth, purposeful performance are just like natural emergences. Yeah, this is, this is what I see as the opportunity. So flow for me, I, I, I use flow as kind of like, um, a metaphor in a sense, um, because if we just look at this in the most kind of like galactic sense, we have like, as far as we know, there was a big bang. And then there was from that moment, there was an, a vast explosion and there's all sorts of energy and matter just like going out into the universe. And this is over a course of billions of years manifested in the life form that we have. And everything is in perpetual motion, everything from like our the galaxy, our, our galaxy is expanding. The, the the universe is expanding. The as far as I know, like we're we're in a multiverse which is expanding. And then if you zoom down into just like you know the relatively microcosmic view of like our solar system, our Earth, with our seasons, with our weather patterns, and then you go into our bodies with our heartbeats, the way that our blood moves. You go into our brains and you see brain waves. You everything is in flow. This is my point. Everything is in movement. Everything is nothing like this is the Buddhist like law of impermanence. Like nothing is in stasis. Everything is moving. Everything is in flow. Yet our egos like to present this kind of like flawed notion that things like comfort and certainty um, are things that are worth chasing. Um, and this is and, and this is the the great existential problem of humanity is that we have this conflict between uh, f- flow and stasis. It's almost like the, the, there's an illusion that there's the, that that there is permanence, but yet the reality is that everything is constantly moving, everything's flowing, everything's changing. Um, so my my meta philosophy on flow and peak performance uh, and life itself is what can we do to join this flow what can we do to be in harmony with the with this expansion this growth this dynamic quality of movement that is just part and parcel of being a being in this in this universe um so i look at so because that's quite a a broad meta philosophy um it it forces me to look at lots of different areas of potential flow and, and blockage and my philosophy goes further to say that anywhere that there's a blockage must therefore be, be created by me or by my mind, by my ego. Um, and therefore that empowers me wonderfully to, to, be the, to do the work necessary to unblock the block so that I slip back into the natural flow of an ever flowing universe. So this is very similar to sort of like Wu Wei, the, the Taoist philosophy of, of there being like this perpetual flow of the universe. But that's, that's the way I see it, man. All right, that wraps up part one with the man, Jiro Taylor. 
I hope that you enjoyed that episode. I hope that you learned a lot. I really enjoy talking to Jiro. We've we've been in touch, and yeah, he truly is a kindred spirit. He's uh, such got a he has a great heart. He's doing a lot of great work. He's super fun to be around. So I'm definitely looking forward to meeting up with him again. Whether we're surfing some waves, we're snowboarding, we're partying at a festival, maybe Burning Man or or anything else, would be great to see him again. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming along this episode. I appreciate you. If you want to support the podcast, you know, shares and, you know, signing up at the email list and checking out the store and getting some free goodies are o- over there are all super supportive. The holidays are coming up and it's a great opportunity for us to really just self-reflect and think of, think of, uh, you know, being the example that we want to be. Um, because Ram Dass said, uh, if you think you're enlightened, spend a weekend with your family and you know i can speak personally that i love my family and they can be challenging at the same time so you know it's not really about being better than or the right way or the wrong way the most powerful thing that you can do is simply just to be the example you know and to to listen to them and just emanate love and reflect on yourself what do you want for 2017 2017 is coming up and it's our 2018 geez is coming up and we get an opportunity to to look at the year and and see what we want to create so you know the most powerful thing you can do is just really be that example be loving and kind and just do your best that's it there is no secret sauce there's no thing that you really just got to do and then everything's solved it's really just the process of being loving and kind and doing your best and continuously setting your intention and just remember that you're whole happy harmonious full of self-love now or you can be happy if you're depressed but you're whole and happy you're whole and geez say happy one more time you're whole and and perfect as you are now you know and even in those mistakes right that's a great example of just ranting and letting it go and, and i could edit that but you know mistakes happen and that's a part of it It doesn't make it doesn't make me not perfect as i am as a flawed being this is a learning ground here on earth so just remember that to be easy on yourself you are perfect as you are you are worthy as you are and so just remember that going into the holidays and i'm sending you all of my love and all of my support before we close this out i'll just uh invite you to set the intention to come into a coherent state coherent vibrational state because all the stuff we think that matters when you take three deep breaths uh, you come into a state of coherence matters a lot less it's all in the mind so wherever you are just breathe out all the way now taking a big deep breath in through your nose seeing golden white platinum light coming in your nostrils and charging you with source energy holding that breath And just letting it out slowly as you imagine a powerful light coming down from the universe and just pulsing through every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being. And just set your attention and focus on your heart as you continue this relaxing, slow breathing, just paying attention to the breath. Focusing your attention on your heart because where you place your attention, you place your energy. And now just think about one person you really love and you're really grateful for in your life. Bring this person up in your mind's eye, big and bright and clear, and just feel all the love that you have for them. And as you allow all those memories to flood of all the beautiful experiences you've had together, just allow those emotions to sink in and amplify, just amplifying those emotions more and more through every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being, really just amplifying that energy. And as you amplify that energy, I want you to send that love and that gratitude to that person you're thinking and just kind of in your mind's eye, hand them that energy and give them a huge hug in your mind's eye and just just shower them with all that love and all that emotion you're feeling that they that they helped you generate from their love and their generosity and your connection. And as you guys hug in your mind's eye, I want you to send that energy out to everyone you've ever met, sending them that same exact frequency, that same exact source. Give it out freely to every single person you've ever met. Just imagine giving everyone you've ever met just a huge, beautiful, authentic hug, just the same way, the same love that you gave to that person you're thinking. 
And now send that energy to every single being on the planet now, every single sentient being. Just shower them with that same love and that same gratitude. And I'm doing that for you right now. I'm just sending you, the listener, all of my love and my gratitude and support and energy, you know, and, and just to experience that. And that's that's for you listening and my, my deepest love and appreciation for being here and being on the planet, for being who you are. Even though I don't know you, I can appreciate anybody who's come to this planet i can appreciate anybody who's authentic i can appreciate any appreciate anybody who's trying to do their best who's just aware who's who has a good heart even if you don't have a good heart i still love you because i have compassion you might be a little bit lost and so the power of love is what's going to heal this planet and the best way that we do that is being that example no matter what and so Thank you for being that example. Thank you for being here at the planet at this time, this incredible time in history. Remember, the most powerful thing you can do is to be the example. You're perfect, whole, balanced, harmonious, worthy, worthy of self-love, self-worth, and perfect just as you are, flawed as a being, learning on this planet. And we're all in this together. So thanks so much for listening. And I'll see you in part two.